This is the Starting Why Podcast. Here we ask entrepreneurs, actors, investors, innovative, and artists on the why. Why they are doing what they are doing, what motivates and drives them, and why can't they stop. We will start in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Starting Why. My name is Michelle. Today we have DJ Journey and Waving with us. Journey and Waven, how are you? We're great. How are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited. Journey and Waven are co-founders of Formula Creative, and today's topic is why we started a creative design agency. So before we began talking about why you start what you start, what is your story? Well, the story starts in Chicago, Illinois, for me, the uh, 1% of the, the situation at Formula starts off in Chicago. Me as a kid, me really growing up in a, uh, a family full of older sisters and seeing how they thought about things and how they really went about life and how strategic they were about planning everything that they did down to uh, the nails and hair. So coming from that sort of situation, I was drawn into the psychological standpoints of how people work and how they inspire others and how they inspire themselves and what kind of makes them do what they uh, choose to do in in life. And my mom, she was more into uh, the musical side of things, but she was more into doing music for the aspects of uh, community. So I kind of drawn towards that and became a record collector from there. But It wasn't a record collector to be a DJ. It was kind of a record collector to see how uh, records even came together, the different instruments that made a a composition. So it introduced the lifestyle of music. So when looking at the landscape and growing up, I saw the industry and the industry is a little bit different from, you know, how things are kind of made and put together. It's just kind of the industry of business. So Uh, I saw that you end up shaping the form of what you're making to actually fit inside of the boxes and the industries of business. So I kind of changed the way that I thought, but I've always had this standpoint and respect on process. It was all about process, labeling, knowing where things actually came from, even down to the inspirations and so on and so forth. So it uh, led me into radio and, and other sort of aspects. But from that, Moving to New York and also living in L.A. as well. But New York really, really taught me about there's the creators, there's the maintainers, and then there's the crowd that sits on the other side of that. And I've always gravitated towards the owners, the people who seeded the concept to actually get the supporters on board. So that led me to working with a lot of owners and people that actually really, really made stuff and produced things down to the business plan and so on and so forth, which led me to go into South by Southwest to meet my uh, my longtime partner, um, Raven Dave. And uh, we kind of met. I saw the way that he worked. He had a relentless, crazy process about doing things, the way that he thought about things. It was more like, wow, your genius in your ways. You know, I don't know how you do things, but you get things done. And I'm like, wow, I'm all about that part. So we went back to New York, immediately uh, fell into a friendship that uh, we started pulling in all these crazy projects and it became this thing. But that's sort of the beginning that builds into this agency that we kind of put together based upon three individuals with those sort of process, relentless process superpowers that created the formula creative agency. So I'll stop there. 
and let Dave go into his bit on how this tree became a palm. Dave, how does that change? How does it? Yeah. How did it grow? Um, Action packed there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I think it's like twenty, probably like a twenty-year cycle. For me, it it began. I think like moving around as a kid and going to a lot of different schools and you know, I was always kind of the new kid. And, you know, it's similar to like with this whole like NFT thing and all that starting. It's a room full of new kids and everyone's got to kind of like race to become like someone and who it is that they are. And then the circles start forming. And then, you know, if you don't hang out and show up in the circle, then you fall out of the circle. And it's just funny how like that kind of stays with us our whole life. And you don't really realize it, you know, maybe necessarily like as you deal with people in person, but I think it's just kind of been a little bit of a lesson. It's interesting, right? It's interesting to think back to that, which when we were younger and what we thought about the future would be, and then now living it, comparing and contrasting where you are to where you were with those expectations. And I think that inquisitiveness and that kind of introspectiveness and that insightfulness and perspective is always kind of what's, what's driven me. And so you know, like I got involved ever since I can remember, I was like drawing, you know, that was like my escape. I was always afraid of boredom, being bored and also kind of afraid of work. But I came from a, a very like workaholic type family. When I was young, like, I mean, up to the day my mom gave birth to me, like she was teaching aerobics classes. And at the time she was training uh, major league weight baseball. And so this was in the early eighties. And you know, aerobics was just becoming a thing. So you had this, you know, woman who was a trainer leading super weird calisthenics during a time when men in a man's sport. So, I mean, up until like I was born, like she was bouncing up and down with me to some beat, you know, some sort of music. And so I think that's probably like the origin of where music came from. But even before that, like my great grandfather or my grandfather, my other grandfather, on my uh, father's side, like he was a stand-up bass player, you know, and played music his whole life. And then, you know, his grandfather played music, I think the clarinet from what I heard. So I guess that's where it came from. I think when you're younger, you want to play. And so as I got older, it led to kind of my father being business and running businesses and family businesses, you know, and then my mother being kind of very open-minded and free-spirited and a bit of feminist streak and very kind of driven. And so those two things combined and, you know, outcomes an artist that's interested in sports. And so my whole life, it's been a dichotomy. It's been starting your first business when you're 15, going bankrupt when you're 30, having a bunch of different companies in between, um, working for other people, following your passion, and trying to figure out like all along, like what it is that your purpose of your existence is, you know, for me, younger playing a lot of sports, like I think gave me the work ethic and taught me how to set my mind on something to focus on a goal and stay with it. And when you play a season of sports, like it's the entirety of time, right. Mm -hmm. From the beginning to end, the preparation to the finish and then the off time. And you continue to do that year over year over year. It starts to cycle you and train you. And I didn't realize that that's what I was training for. And so I, I got to the point where, yeah, we did a lot of DJing in high school and, you know, learned 
turntables and, you know, the digital aspect. And I really enjoyed entertaining people. I think that was my most fun. And I loved running business. So that when I got to college, you know, we threw huge, massive parties, um, mm -hmm. thousands of people. Like I think in one weekend we did 40 something kegs, 43 kegs and generated over twenty, $25,000 all illegally. But to us, you know, that was kind of like the thrill. And then the management, like the high of managing a thousand people in a party that lasted two and a half days, that's illegal, right? Mm -hmm. And making sure that like, no one ends up dead, raped, God forbid, like anything bad, like happened, you're responsible, you're going to jail for a really long time. But that's the fun of it, you know? <laughs> so always dealing with that, you know, running a fraternity, running a newspaper, and then getting out to the real world and throwing big parties. And then that just kind of landed me in a place of searching for like, when are you going to grow up and get a real job? Right. Had I stuck with throwing parties, I probably would be running a festivals, right? Until again, the pandemic hit and there's no more festivals, right? <laughs> so instead, I focused on running a DJ company and then working my way up into advertising and marketing. And when I got presented with that opportunity, it was like, are you a creative or a business person? And you're like, well, I'm both. Here's my portfolio. Here's my sales numbers. You're like, well, if you want to participate in this world, and we're happy to have you in this world, but if you want to participate in this world, you have to pick one. You can't be both. Both do not exist in this ecosystem. So I picked the one that I was least passionate about. Even though I love business and I love art, business came second to me. Art became is something that just came to me naturally. So business was the harder one. And that would be the harder one to learn as I got older and got more set in my ways. And my father went back to business school when he got older. But it was one of those things where I said, you know what, let me just do this now. And this is my business school. <laughs> so I spent the next 10 years learning project management, building apps, running websites, running huge national campaigns with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds, working on some of the largest brands in the world, managing a $40 million budget for a billion-dollar brand you know, at 26 years old. And it was kind of wild. Uh, I started off in tobacco and then U.S. smokeless tobacco sold to Altria for $9.8 billion. Like that was a wild ride. Like I'd be in boardrooms with 30 people, two people deep. And in the beginning of the ride, like you're against back against the wall by the end of the ride. And they're selling that account. You're sitting at the table as the young millennial explaining to them why they need to be marketing to 21 year olds in this way, because you were 26, you know, so it was like crazy to see to have that level of boardroom access, whereas I felt like I was getting my MBA, you know, when they bring out the bottom lines and the balance sheets, like I learned how to read a balance sheet sitting in a boardroom, surrounded by people that were a hell of a lot smarter than me. And the reason I got there was purely because I had a drive to figure out what this thing was about and prove to everyone that sure, I can get a real job, but I really want to be a creative. And so I think that's ultimately was the departure when I left Heineken and met Journey the same day. Mm -hmm. I was in South by Southwest, flew to New York. They're like, yo, we need to talk. I'm like, absolutely. At that point, I was kind of sneaking off and writing music 24 seven. And I was just over it. Like the ride was done and they knew it and I knew it. We separated, shook hands, signed agreements. I jumped back on a plane, flew back to South by Southwest, landed there at eight o'clock, 8.45, nine o'clock, back in downtown Austin, 2 a.m. I meet Journey. And then from there on, that began, 
you know, this eight year journey, so to speak, no pun intended, of us building what we've been building towards now. And ultimately, formula became a next piece of that process. Um, you know, in New York, we ran different things. And I think ultimately, what we aligned on, you know, for our intention, and it was uh, Madonna's first manager, Camille Barbone, I think, that said this to us. It was like, when you find your intention, the truth becomes effortless. And what is it that your intention is? And for me, it was figuring out how to be a creative executive, how to take business and how to take creativity and put them together and do so over the course of a career that we create a path that can be replicated by others that saves them a lot of time, effort, and pain and providing a way to become a creative professional the same way that you can become a creative professional in the world of I don't know, or not creative professional, but like professional doctor or a professional, any number, a lawyer, you know, or a business person for that matter. So how do you become a professional creative? What is that process? How did you get there? How did you succeed? And coming up with a sustainable way to be able to operate. And that led me, you know, through New York City for a decade into California, staying connected with Journey. We came here to start a music studio, to start a content studio, and ended up moving studios and starting a new partnership with a, an amazing fashion photographer who's originally born in Russia and came together with an idea and a bunch of other talented people. You know, and the idea was to create an agency that had that small time feel of being friends, like us, you know, having a relationship with those who you work with. And really building that relationship with your client from the inside out and growing with them as they grow their business. And then as kind of as that was forming, the opportunity came up and suddenly we ended up at a Greystone Mansion as a result of a radio show that we'd been doing for years that Journey's been leading with Trip Digital. And that I skipped over a whole period of time where we spent seven, eight years writing records and producing music and living in New York City and Gramercy and, you know, running a studio out of there. And that's a whole nother podcast and chapter in itself. All those stories are captured in probably about 300 records that Journey's put out and 40 or 50 that we've put out on that project. And it just led us to a place where suddenly there was an opportunity with a brand that was starting up. And I think we needed money, but we also needed a purpose. And we also had this new idea of wanting to create this new company and all of a sudden came together in August of 2019. And the next thing you know, we had a client in alcohol and they were starting a new brand and we came across them and suddenly just grabbed a glass of wine and it was like, Hey, you want some weed? And you're like, huh, that's pretty funny. Does it have weed in it? No, like, okay, well try it. And then you tried it. And the next thing you know, this is crazy. And so you bring it over to so Journey and he's drinking some and then Catherine's drinking some and then our <laughs> friend Gwen's drinking some and then we're getting drunk off some and then I don't know it was just like hungry for business and then Kat went over struck up a conversation and then following that conversation there finds out that there's other deeper connections involved there with previous projects that Journey was working on and yeah. you know just a whole can of worms and and from there we just kind of showed up and carved out that was actually the managing partner who's just calling through, but uh, carved out a place to really help them do something that they were starting up and doing that we had experience doing certain aspects of, 
figured that we could bring a bunch of value to the table to help them get to where they needed to get to, regardless of what the situation was on the front end of the deal. And we jumped in and Sense designed a lot of packaging, just a lot of just opportunities. And suddenly the pandemic hit and fast forward through that, NFTs blew up. And now here we are <laughs> running a design company doing packaging. You know, we did some stuff for Walmart this past year. We have another brand that we're in the process of, of working on, like that's little baby, like energy um, community shot. Awesome. And so it's just been super incredible that you go one way and then suddenly opportunity comes and you pivot this way. And then some major thing happens and you follow fast forward. And now here we are without necessarily that intention, but it became effortless in a certain way. What is your purpose? To make it easier for the next generation of creatives to find that balance between creative and business, because I think creativity can help solve a lot of business challenges. And that's a missing link within the world of tech, business, and creativity. It's something Jobs understood and Apple did well, which helped lead them, them to where they are. That's the power of design and creativity of when it meets technology and business which is, you know, where they are. I mean, I bought that stock when it was $17. Everyone thought it was going to die. <laughs> what? Awesome. And in throughout your journey of starting this creative design agency, are there moments when you get really scared? I'll take that. No. <laughs> as, as personally, no, because... It really comes down to trusting your instinct. There's always going to be new things that come into the market and new bubbles and new technology and so on and so forth. Everything new is going to happen. But one thing that I think Dave and I are very, very keen on is being sourced in a very, very well put together family sort of oriented situation where we can grow. We can grow our branches. We can branch off into package building. We can branch off into different things and, you know, the metaverse and, you know, other sort of exciting things that kind of are rooted in where we come from. I never did anything without technology. So I call myself a technologist. Mm -hmm. If my job entails computing and coding and programming, then I'm probably a technologist. And from day one that I've done anything that had anything to do with producing any artists or records or anything like that, or doing remixes and programming radio shows and so on and so forth, it always was driven by technology. And that's what I'm sourced in. But the why and where we come from is not the fear is the outside voices of you can't do it or it's hard or anything like that. And I think that we built something that came from a truthful manner of roads crossing. And Dave didn't even add this, but when I met him, I was at a point of like managing myself in New York and so on and so forth, handling my, my own business, putting people together, sourcing people in and out of certain opportunities and situations. So I've always been in business and he's been at this crossroad of like art and everything. So I think we met each other. It wasn't a hard sort of transition to actually lose those tools to gain others or to lose those tools and go into this art world of not caring and not getting up at 5 a.m. and so on and so forth. 
I was more of a structured sort of person. So I guess it was easier to actually mesh with personalities and so on and so forth. So as far as like the fear is concerned, it's, it only comes from, you know, not understanding. And if we know that we're going to be learning for the rest of our lives, you shouldn't be scared of new things that you have to put yourself into or throw yourself into a new program to learn. So, and that's not the way that I guess we were raised anyway. We're just not raised to be scared of anything. I mean, you're going to die from something. So you might as well live your life 100%, be as honest as you can, show up, work as hard as you want to, deliver on time, and all those other things that makes a great person. And I think we're not defined by our work. We're not defined by the work that we do. We're defined by the people who we are at the end of the day. We can look back at our day and say, how many people did you help today? How many people did you give information to? And did you work out and, you know, get that salutation in before you started your day? So it's more of, and you can see other CEOs that have, you know, worked themselves into these regimens and these rituals, if you will, to actually be successful. And success doesn't start with the business. It starts with what you do before you even decide to create a business that will provide, in our case, design solutions and so on and so forth. So I think we finally got a chance to uh, build something from ground floor level that we've been talking about for the past eight years that we can throw our full selves in. It doesn't have to be void of music or devoid of design or devoid of spreadsheets. It's everything inclusive and we can be who we want to be and we can find talent that are just more talented than dancing and singing. We can say, hey, you can be whatever you want to be inside of this sort of thing because it's going to take a hunter-gatherer sort of uh, mentality to actually survive the next 10 years. So be as well as you want to at everything, but also be a professional when it's time to. So, I wanted to, you know, since you talk about the external and you refer a little bit to the internal or the physical so what is your core being and how are you like just the way you are the being right how are you extending that to your business and your creative design agency the core being is if it didn't happen it's not yours if you wasn't a part of it and you can't claim it so it's more of actually getting the experience to qualify you in a certain space. So we look at a lot of things when it comes to working with people and most of our relationships, even down to the fact that we, we started these companies, it was based upon some sort of friendship, some sort of crossing the paths that we had going on with this person and we found our nest together. And now we're, we're scaling that and, and making money from it. So I think the core part of it is relationships. It's real relationships that you built over time. You've deposited, you know, some time into that bank of relationships to get to a point of like, hey, I want to become a millionaire with you. Or we want to do billion dollar things together because I can trust that Dave can get it done if I'm sleeping or I can get it done when he's doing his thing. So I say relationships, the core thing. Yeah, I mean, the name came from you know, came from Catherine, where she was as a photographer, she runs a photography business, but she also is a certified web developer, Shopify developer, and, you know, knows how to code and spent years, you know, growing up when she was a kid building computers. And, you know, and then on top of it, like, she's also a director and, 
you know, and then has an amazing team of people that she's worked with over the years that are fantastic, you know, DPs. So that she's hired for creative projects and client projects. And so the idea came in all of these LA based, you know, creatives that come together to work on different projects, whether it's hair and makeup and whatnot, and it's this core of people, but then you know, it's also very intimate relationships that you have from the client side. So on one hand, you're sitting there with your client who's paying you for that day and shoot, but the next day you're out to dinner as friends. So that's a very intimate relationship. And, and even as a DJ through over the years, you know, I DJed coming out of college, I DJed probably about 50 or 60 weddings related to my fraternity. So and each of those weddings, I made at least a couple grand. So I made a hundred grand off of relationships over years, which is crazy. But it was also one of those things where you had to learn how not to give discounts because you had to keep that, like there was a certain level of experience that you're bringing. So ultimately, right, that relationship is the absolute core. Of, and then the integrity of how you run your business and how you deliver will dictate what maintains or whether or not you're able to maintain a, a business friendship relationship with the client. And so the idea became building around that kernel and that insight of what that trust means, that if you can build business out of trust and truth, then therefore, you know, you can build a better relationship, but you can also build a better product in the long run. And then that combined with process and the idea is that you have a core and then you expand and contract based on needs as different projects come in. And then basically, you know, you look towards doing a, a model of shared ownership or working towards ownership, right? Because the other issue that this really comes down to, and we had to tackle in terms of on the, on the sound side is the IP. So when you're creating IP, right, and clients want low costs. So what is that balance of ownership to cost ratio? And the same thing for when people are, you know, working within a company. So, you know, I think to answer your question too before, right? Like our confidence in tomorrow is based on our failures of yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, we've had success, but there's a lot of failures. So every time you take, you fail, that's something that you can learn and put it forward into something you're going forward or into a solution that you create along the way. And so that's what formula is really it's it's built around relationships and then it's coming up with a sustainable model not only from a project management but from concept to completion of a project so that you can contract or expand as needed to fulfill the needs of that project based on trust in order to keep it on spec on time on budget are there any regrets no i mean yes personally i think there's times that like in the very, you know, onset, my emotional intelligence was lacking in certain ways. And I resorted perhaps back to like old school ways of management of which like I was possibly like, I don't know, boardrooms get crazy sometimes. And like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of passion that happens behind those and in those meetings. And sometimes like, you know, that needs to stay in the corporate environment. And in yeah. a startup, like you, there's no room for that corporate mentality in a startup. Yeah. You just have to be yeah. agile and just always moving. And so I know that, you know, you do music creative as well. And a lot of people really don't understand the relationship between music and visual art. What is, is there really a relationship between them? Are they separate? 
How do you manage that? There's a lot of relation in music to everything that we do. I mean, and it goes back to, and I'm going to get very bohemian on this. It goes back to harmony. Harmony and balance is super, super important. Have you ever listened to a song that didn't have harmony? No, not really. That's the hard listening. It's like listening to uh, gym shoes and a washing machine. It's like, (laughs) like, whoa, what is what is this? That's just noise. If those gym shoes started to harmonize and they tap, boom, 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 boom it'll be more soothing to the actual listeners. So the harmony of sound creates the song and the song gives you a template to actually go in visually to paint that harmonic picture. And from there, you get the characters and everything I thought to bring on the storylines and so on and so forth. And it just builds, it's like a tree. You know, tree has to have this, this root that's really, really solid in the ground. And most of the tree, you don't really see because it's maybe six six feet of root in the ground. Yeah. But it starts when it starts peaking. And like I said, I'm getting bohemian on this, but the sound and the harmony creates a song. It's all intertwined. So it's like having uh, artists that don't know that come in and try to make songs. It's not going to work without a producer that's coming in with a sound mind that's listening to everything, giving them the pieces and parts and putting those things together to create this thing that's receptive by these beating hearts and human beings that's really, really sensitive to things that are not harmonic and balanced. It's very, very intertwined. And it's an understanding of, I think music gives us a backdrop of how the world actually works, how relationships works, how business really, really actually come together to flourish, to actually serve these living and human entities that are actually the consumers. So it's all interconnected, whether we know it or not. But uh, subconsciously, I think we all know it because, you know, you get a bad DJ in a room, people are going to leave. Usually journeys <laughs> to sinks, but he's, he's long say. We're gonna, I'm going to summarize up his long, longness. <laughs> so the top line here, Yes. B-A-G, B-A-G, G-G-G-G-A-A-A-A-B-A-G, right? That's hot cross buns, mm-hmm. right? Now, we're going to take that and translate those same notes into digital speak. And so in digital speak, right, if I'm a marketer, that would be, all right, let's see what this is. This is I would say TV, social, radio, TV, social, radio, billboard, billboard, billboard. Radio, 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 TV, social, radio. And actually, actually, it would be like TV, social, radio, TV, social, radio, 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 social, 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 TV, social, radio, right? And that's hot cross buns in marketing. And and the moment I figured that out, that like a Gantt chart was the same as like a, a keyboard or piano or just like a score, it all clicked. And to me, it's all the same shit, right? So whether or not I'm making like, and add designing a bottle is the exact same process as writing a song. Like <laughs> making these, it's all decisions. It's all decisions that you make 
of where to put certain things. And that's just making stuff. Like the same person that made this dongle had to think about all the decisions of all the little pieces mm-hmm. that go into all the places. And then you use this standardized, whether you use this one or any of the other ones, right? So now we have all these thousands of fucking things that are designed. And my goal in life is to design shit that fits better, better than all of these random devices, like in our world to make it a better place to live for the next generation of creatives and business like-minded people. Awesome. And, and dongles. My last question is just in one word, for the next generation of creatives, what is one word that they should remember from your story? Hashtag, just show up. Show up, okay. That's one word, right? Because for the hashtag to work, it's got to be one word. That's how you get three words into one. <laughs> I, I used to say that, yeah, hashtag just show up. But uh, I think from the pandemic, I've changed that and it's kind of graduated to resilience. One word, resilience. Most people don't know what it is. You look it up, you see that you have to be adaptable to any sort of disaster changes that that have. It's like you're not a leader if you're not resilient. So yeah, maybe it's pivot. I guess I don't know. Yeah, not yeah. Even, I don't know. This is like just flow, man. Flow. Yeah, I think uh, Benet Brown talks a little bit about resilience and. I think Steve Cotner talked a little bit about flow and igniting that fire within or something. Forgot the title. You gotta find that. You gotta yeah. find that. That's that's the natural way that motivates you. Like, and, and that's what it is. Like it's like failing uh, tons of projects. But how do you get back up and get motivated again? So mm-hmm. yeah, resilience and flow. There yeah. it is. And resilience, the definition of resilience is the capability to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, bounce I back. Completely agree. Just want to thank you guys both, Journey and Waven, for being Go. here. Thank um, you. And Han, we have a wine bottle, too, that I'm working on that I just realized looks like your background. Like, it was one of the concepts. Oh, it's awesome. like, oh, like, you see, oh. like, the, no, the, the, the gradient oh, of, like, the color. Yeah, the color. Yeah, the color. Awesome. Color is beautiful. That means color was on because I'm like, you naturally had it in your background and you're always on point. So I'm like, oh shit, color. My background looks like her background. I'm like, okay, awesome. we're on point. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Tomorrow. Yes, we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to go chase track Justin down, I guess, to see if we can get a we get into this new space to see what we're looking at. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Peace.